It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison, and this week we have the education director from the Center for Puppetry Arts, Aretta Baumgartner. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. We're talking about a special program that they do, uh, sensory-friendly programming, uh, which sort of opens up uh, arts and culture to all people. I think that's a great thing that that more people get to experience it who who might not have in the past. When did this start? Uh, How long have you been doing this? In the fall of 2013, I was inspired by my amazing brother-in-law and his little guy. Um, They were having a rough time in northeastern Ohio just finding experiences that he could enjoy and that most importantly they could enjoy together as a family. And he happens to be a brilliant young man with autism spectrum disorder, my nephew. And I thought, huh, that's an interesting thing to think about, things that we don't necessarily plan into our experiences here as we go to enjoy movies and dining out and arts experiences. And it just occurred to me that that was a new way to look at the world. Um, And then I did a little bit of research and the Autism Theater Initiative of the Theater Development Fund came across an internet search. And this is an amazing thing that they were doing in the New York City theater community to make theater more accessible to folks. And I thought, hmm, Atlanta's a pretty great city. We can, quote unquote, compete with New York in terms of artistic offerings. Let's see how accessible we can make them. Can we do our own version of that? And it turns out the answer is yes. Yeah, that's great. It just took about a year of research, and I reached out to some Atlanta area autism spectrum disorder resource organizations. Mm -hmm. I sent out an email saying, who can come to the rescue? And I'm so happy and proud to say that the good folks of Emory Autism Center they replied with a great big old yes how can we support and michael and sharon of the center came to visit and i said here's the thing how can we do this can we do this right and they have been incredibly supportive every step of the way so that's the genesis of this and with emory autism center's support in the fall of 2014 with about a year of planning and meeting and talking to incredibly supportive, compassionate, and passionate colleagues, we started to do a thing. 
Yeah. And, um, and, and there we go. That's great. I, I just love the idea of that, that, you know, there were people who were being left out in many ways. And this gives them the opportunity to, to be included. Absolutely. And the Center for Puppetry Arts mission is to inspire imagination, education, and community through the global art of puppetry. And two of the most important words to me as education director and as a longtime puppeteer, community and global, right? That to me says access, that to me says openness, that to me is an invitation. This just made sense with the center's mission and puppeteer's passions. Right, and I imagine that that this was uh, very much welcomed by by local groups who who probably, uh, you know, are involved with autism, uh, with other sensory issues as well. I'm sure that, that they were thrilled to have this option. Absolutely. And what we found, thanks to our support from the Emory Autism Center, is that the very act of saying we care yeah, and the act and effort of trying is enough. You know, we will never be experts in autism spectrum disorder or any right. other sensory sensitivities. We don't need to be. What we need to do is say we care, we're listening, and do our very best to make an inclusive, judgment-free environment. And with that kind of breath and sigh of relief, we said, okay, then we can do it, right? right. You don't enter lightly into anything that's not your area of expertise, right. though you do say to others who do have that expertise, get here, help us do it. And they were amazing. And they provided staff training for us in January of 2015. And that made a world of difference. We just said to any of our frontline staff, and truth be told, anyone at the Center for Puppetry Arts interested in learning more about a different way to look at the world, we said, please come. And we had 30 some of our staff in that room with Amity from the Emory Autism Center realizing that there are a lot of different ways to look at the world to appreciate and enjoy it. From that moment on, we piloted two afternoons of what we used to call our autism initiative, and you hit the nail on the head, Shane, we now say our sensory-friendly programming initiative. We have broadened it to realize that individuals with autism are as diverse as can be, just as we all are in this great big world. So we've broadened the title, we've broadened the scope of the programming, but it did all begin with baby steps in the fall, I'm sorry, in the winter, early winter of January 2015 into a trial program in February, feedback from the community, including our hosts, the, the Emory Autism Center. Then we tried another one in April, and then we said, okay, Let's debrief. Let's talk about this. Is it a go? Should we move forward? And we offered our very first full season of sensory-friendly programming in the 2015-2016 season. Right. So it's, it's, I guess it's an ongoing learning process, really, uh, the way things, you know, because things come up, things change, and, and you learn every time you do one of these, I imagine. Absolutely. And we are fortunate that every step of the way, we've had someone brave enough, smart enough, and caring enough say, hey, have you thought about right. insert thing here that we did not think about, right? <laughs> right? So that we've had ongoing support from the beginning from one of our amazing members of the board of directors of the Center for Puppetry Arts, Cheryl Hansen. Jim Hansen's daughter has right. been an incredibly firm believer in this programming and a strong supporter of it. So she was there from the beginning to say, we'll support you in this because it is a resource-based thing. We're doing shows that offer 
fewer tickets because we do right. reduce the seating capacity so that folks do feel more comfortable to have space to move around. Right. We bring in additional staff. There is training. So we did start there. The next season, we realized, oh, feedback from patrons said, you know what? Sometimes it's crazy when you try to leave the house and you can't get your stuff with you let alone bring people to the theater. So we were able to add, thanks to a Power to Give campaign, uh, we were able to add some sensory sensitive adjusting headphones. We were able to Mm -hmm. add some fidget toys. Then we said again, what can we do? Yeah. The next season, Georgia Council for the Arts said, well, let's give you a little bit of money to add social stories, which are these wonderful visitor guides that folks can download free from the website before they come saying, this is what you will experience. Let's remove any worry, caution, care, or concern from you as you come to the theater. you got enough to worry right. about. Let's tell you what our ramp looked like, our yeah. ticket sales office looks like, our theater experience looks like. Then we said, okay, now what do we need to know? And then this year, we're so proud that the Institute of Museum and Library Services, the IMLS, as it's called, in Mm, the biz, the IMLS folks were good enough to say, okay, season 2019, let's do it. And we have not just been able to provide one performance on a Sunday, but both. And that allows the entire day to be sensory modified so that folks in that overlap between the first show in which there were sensory modifications into the second show in which there were not, it does allow the transition to be kinder, gentler, and more open, right? So then every step of the way, as we've said, oh, what have we forgotten? What can we do? Um, How can we support this even more? There has been a hero or heroes (laughs) coming along to help us do it because we do the best we can with resources, but we're an arts nonprofit. Right. You know. Well, it, it sounds like it takes a village, really. I mean, there's so many people involved and who who have pitched in to help. Absolutely, and it and it takes time. Yeah. Um. It it we are so proud to say that at this point we average about seventy percent capacity for these events, mm-hmm. but it did not start that way. Yeah. It started small, and I understand that we needed to say from the beginning this is not a fad, this yeah. is not a gimmick. We are here for the long haul. We are here because we see the bigger picture of what the arts can do to bring community together. And there were some tough times at the beginning where we said, be patient. They will come. Folks will come. And sure enough, it took some patience. We've got a long way to go. Of course we do. And if anyone's listening, we still have room for you to come join us. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it it did take some time to say, let's be patient. Once they realize, not they, um, lowercase they, right? Once once the folks realize in the community of all shapes and sizes, colors, and um, neurotypical or not, once folks realize we are in it for the long haul, this is a commitment, mm-hmm. then they'll join us. Right. And we some other things that we're able to offer, we're offering a ticket discount now continually. We yeah. were able to only offer that every now and again. And now with a special code, we're able to say, friends in the community, 25% off because we know it's hard to come and take that chance. Right. And we do offer refunds yeah. for that um, because it's tough to come to the theater. We yeah. offer a quiet space where folks can come and take a break, take a breath, and yeah. uh, transition in and out of the show. House lights are up a little bit in our theater, so it's a little bit more of a brighter environment. 
self-contained snacks can come in, drinks mm-hmm. can come in. We flipped our demo for the performance, which is the demonstration that our puppeteers usually do after the show. Right. We do it ahead of time right. to say, hi, this is us, and this is what mm-hmm. you're going to see. Definitely, we say, come as you are. Yeah. Feel free to get up and enjoy the show in whatever way you'd like. Come and go as you need to please. Our museum exhibits are sensory modified. Our creative puppet workshop, sensory modified. We offer noise reducing headphones if you couldn't bring yours. Fidget toys. Um, Again, adding those social stories, which IMLS is also saying, do those again. And we're bringing in Spectrum ATL, a great autism resource organization here in town, Mm -hmm. to be consultants on that. Right. Right. Again, we know what we know. We also know what we do not know. (laughs) So those wonderful folks are consulting on those guides for us to make sure that they are providing the information that this amazing group of patrons might need before they come. Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely a work in progress all the time. And we certainly are always open if anyone out there listening to the podcast has come and enjoyed the experience with us. Let us know. Education at puppet.org. That comes to my education team, and we are happy to take any sort of feedback, um, constructive or otherwise, to make this the best it can be. Since so many have invested in it, it is our job to take care of those resources and do the right thing by them. We do not take it personally. So let us know so that we can provide these resources Mm -hmm. so that it can be just a great place for everyone to well, access, you know? Yeah. I love how inclusive it is and, and how it's opened it up to people who might not have been able to experience these things before. And I know other people have done this um, in more recent times. You, it sounds like uh, you guys were sort of pioneers in this. Though. There probably weren't many others offering this kind of thing when you started. That's true. We're fortunate. From what we've heard uh, from our, again, our friends from the Emory Autism Center, we are among the first in the Southeast to make this sort of an effort to create an initiative, to create a series, an ongoing commitment to relationship with this audience and this programming. And we are really proud of that. And of course, there are so many people in the arts who care about this. I think it's in our nature as artists. And we as puppeteers, we say that Puppetry is where every artist can find a home, right? Whether you are a writer, designer, dramaturg, singer, dancer, technician, actor, puppetry is inclusive of all the art. So Mm -hmm. I will say puppetry is a unique vehicle for individuals who happen to have autism spectrum disorder or other unique needs Mm -hmm. because it's a beautiful vessel through which you can communicate. Mm -hmm. So we know that puppetry makes a lot of sense. But the arts in general make sense. Um, So people are answering the call. Here in Atlanta alone, I've spoken with the good folks from the History Center, from Fernbank, from the Booth Museum, the Science Center. So many folks have come forth and said, hey, we hear you're doing this. Can you share what you've learned? And the answer is always yes. Again, we're not experts, but we can share our experience tell folks maybe what they need to consider before they embark upon it so that we can be cautious and compassionate with our journey. Right. So now you've, you, as you said, you've expanded this. It's, uh, do all of the, all of the shows, the family shows have, uh, offer a sensory friendly performance? A good deal of them. We provide between 10 and 12 family series performances a year. Mm -hmm. And each season we will do 
about six sensory-friendly right. afternoons. Now, the reason we don't open it up to all of them is that we have these wonderful guest artists that travel right. from different places in the world or the country to the Center for Puppetry Arts to do their programming. Though they are absolutely capable, many of them are sort of in and out quickly. Yeah. So for us to make the proper preparations mm. and include them in a way that they would feel most confident, that's not always able to be done. But right. we will do about six events a year. And what's again great is now it's not just six performances, it's doubled. It's 12 right. because we'll do both performances on a Sunday. Right. They are sensory sensitive Sundays. So yeah. we do tend to do them on that Sunday. The center opens a bit later mm -hmm. and we then can devote museum hours as soon as we open completely to patrons who've come to enjoy right. that programming. So the day is chosen specifically and the shows are also chosen pretty carefully, vetted and mm -hmm. chosen. We look at the season, curate it as you would a sub-season of our season, right. which shows make sense, yeah. which topics make sense, which characters make sense, length of show, all of that is taken into consideration. Right. Uh, the two left this season, for example, um, we have, uh, at the time of the taping, the two that are left this season, right. Galapagos George, the little tortoise that could, Barefoot puppets are coming in from Richmond, Virginia. The puppeteer director, Heidi Rugg, specifically asked to be included in this initiative. Oh, great. Which is marvelous. That is happening more and more, where they say, hey, we hear you doing this yeah. thing. We love to support it. Her show is a beautiful, gentle story about Lonesome George, the last surviving Galapagos right. tortoise. And he feels like someone, right, who, who might have needed that support and that community around him. So not only is it a gorgeous, gentle story about care and concern and caution, about the environment and taking care of each other, it's gentle. Yeah. It's sweet. It's a single puppeteer live voicing it in the moment who can make the adjustments necessary. Right. That made sense. And our world premiere of Harold and the Purple Crayon is coming up in April. That mm -hmm. will be April 14th in our sensory-friendly programming initiative. It's a brand-new show. We're incredibly excited. It's a world premiere. There is no way, shape, or form that everyone shouldn't have access to a world premiere puppet show of the Center for Puppetry Arts. Yeah. So we chose that one again in particular. It's about accessibility. Bring it on. Come <laughs> see our world premiere. size. This is only a picture. And he took his crayon and crossed it out. Bye-bye! <laughs> well, I love that I, I, I love that, that it's not just the locally produced, because I, I, I had assumed that it was only the locally produced because, you know, you have more hands-on ability with that and, and you know, more probably ease of planning, uh, but that you have guest artists as well who are involved. Absolutely. And you are correct that it does take a little bit more work, mm -hmm. but the folks that the guest artists who express an interest in this, they want to do the work, yeah. the good, important, beautiful work that brought them to puppetry, that brought them to the arts in the first place, which is to make stories accessible to all human beings. Yeah. So they make it so incredibly easy by saying, hey, how can we support it? 
That's wonderful. That's I, I, I just I love the whole idea of this, and, and I think it's just fabulous that that people who might have been um, unable to go and experience this kind of thing can now. Absolutely. And again, we're not trying to um, change behavior to make any judgments. It's a place where you can come and be as you are. And that is what's incredibly important. Just come and enjoy it. See how it goes. We're here to support you. We've got staff that have been trained in interactions with folks with autism spectrum Mm -hmm. disorder and just engaging with other human beings, right? right? So that's what's important is we are providing a support system and environment in which you can come as you are and have an incredible family afternoon together. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, is there anything else that uh, we might have missed that you wanted to talk about? Just a way to find out more if you're interested in this programming. At puppet.org is our website, www.puppet.org. E-T.org. <laughs> and under programs, there is a tab that says ASD. And that is right now what we're calling that tab. Right. And we're going to broaden that definition as we move down the road with our brand new shiny website someday mm-hmm. soon. Um, but follow that tab. It's got information about this initiative, dates of the programming. And it also gets you to, again, us, the folks who are planning it. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, desires, right. or hopes put them there. Yeah. And we'll be able to hopefully incorporate that because we do want to keep growing, learning, sharing, and supporting the amazing Atlanta community. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to us. I think this is a great program and I'm very excited to hear about it. And I hope everyone else is too. And and we'll go and experience this. Uh, Aretta Baumgartner, thank you once more for coming. Absolutely, Shane. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. And go to uh, puppet.org and uh, check out uh, more about this fantastic program. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. The venue, formerly known as Chastain Park Amphitheater, now the Cadence Bank Amphitheater at Chastain Park, opens its season with the hard-rocking Whitesnake, best known for the 80s hits Here I Go Again and Is This Love. Led by former Deep Purple vocalist David Coverdale, Whitesnake began after Purple finally imploded in 1976 after numerous personnel changes, tragic endings, and drug problems. Whitesnake would find early success in the band's native UK, eventually breaking through in the US in the mid-80s. Whitesnake plays the Cadence Bank Amphitheater at Chastain Park at 8 p.m. on April 20th. Tickets are $27.50 to $199, and this is a no-coolers or carry-ins allowed show. Head to LiveNation.com for tickets and more info. Visit one of Atlanta's oldest and most scenic neighborhoods during the Inman Park Festival. Tour the historic homes throughout the area, participate in the parade, dance to live music, or stroll through the artist's market during your visit. The tree-lined streets and the late April date make this one of the most comfortable of Atlanta fests for those averse to our city's sometimes blazing temperatures. There's a tour of homes preview at noon to 4 p.m. on Friday, and the regular tour of homes happens noon to 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. While the festival is free, tickets for the home tours run $20 to $25. The Inman Park Festival begins at 11 a.m. Saturday and Sunday, April 27th and 28th. Get details at EdmundParkFestival.org. As the weather begins to heat up, why not head to the North Georgia Mountains for a weekend break? On April 27th and 28th, when Dahlonega hosts the Bear on the Square Mountain Festival, is a great time to do it. 
The annual celebration marks the yearly anniversary of an actual visit by a bear to the town's historic square in 1996. The celebration of Southern Appalachian music, art, and folklore includes a juried artist marketplace featuring traditional mountain crafts, storytelling, a gospel jam, free music workshops and demonstrations, an old-time mountain dance, and more. And all weekend long, there will be jam sessions providing the perfect soundtrack for all the fun. The Bear on the Square Mountain Festival takes place on the square in downtown Dahlonega on April 27th and 28th. Get more info and directions to the fest at bearonthesquare.org. The Tony Award-winning musical Dear Evan Hansen comes to the Fox Theater April 23rd through the 28th on its first national tour. The 2017 Best Musical won a total of six awards and has garnered critical acclaim for its portrayal of teenage trauma and parental doubt. A letter that was never meant to be seen by anyone falls into the wrong hands and, amid tragic circumstances, leads to a devastating line. Catch the debut national tour of Dear Evan Hansen at the Fox Theater April 23rd through the 28th. Tickets are 55-25 to 245-25, but very few seats remain. Go to foxtheater.org to see if you can still score one. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.